Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at AllianceSafetyCouncil.org and by... Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We've all heard about the Amazon effect and how e-commerce is seriously disrupting the retail world we all grew up with. But savvy entrepreneurs are figuring out how to carve a niche for themselves, whether by offering unique products or that special personal touch you can't get online, or by creating a shopping experience or even by changing their business model altogether. Joining me to discuss this today is Mark Pierce, owner of the Royal Standard, a well-known gifts, accessories, and at one time antique furniture store in Baton Rouge. Mark and his wife Krista got into the business more than 20 years ago selling European antiques, but over the years, as the market for antiques specifically and the retail storefront model in general have changed, the Pierces have changed with it. Today, in addition to their two local stores, which many people here in Baton Rouge know well, they own three other stores out of state, an entire wholesale operation that supplies more than 4,000 retailers around the country with thousands of products, gift items, and women's apparel that they manufacture at one of three overseas factories. Mark, it's, it's such an impressive story, so interesting because most people, they go into the Royal Standard and I don't think they realize what a story there is behind it. So thanks for being here today to share some of the details with us that we'll get into in a minute. Thank you, Stephanie. Happy to, happy to be here with you today. Joining me and Mark is another local retailer. She is Meredith Wagaspak, founder and CEO of Southern Football Tees, a homegrown company that first opened as an e-commerce site in 2011 that sold t-shirts related to Meredith's passion, which is football. But as demand grew, Southern Football Teams Tees entered into more local boutiques and the design started to involve, evolve. And today the company's t-shirts are not just about football, but about the sweet life of living in the South. And they are sold online and in about 40 boutiques across Louisiana and the South, and including even the Royal Standard. That's right. <laughs> so Meredith, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, Mark, I wanted to start with you because you, you started your career thinking you were going to be a lawyer. And in fact, you were studying for a graduate law degree in Scotland when you and your wife sort of fell into the antiques business and it evolved from there. It did. Um, I was getting actually an MBA in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, I got married to Krista. We were living there. She had extra time on her hand and, and was out looking for antiques and buying, and we bought them and shipped them back. Began looking at the prices of antiques in, in Europe versus the U.S., and a business was started. Um, friends started saying, if you go back, find something, <laughs> buy it. And a lot of people say, you can't start a business that way. But truly it was. It was a love of antiques, which really was what 
what started us. Um, and you started with like little pop-up stores in New Orleans at We the time. did in New Orleans. We would, and again, people say it's not possible. We would rent a location for six weeks that had been on the market. One happened to be a CC's Coffee House that uh, came in right after us. But it really made the houses look great. Uh, people, mm -hmm. a, a strange concept, but it certainly worked. So we'd rent a place on St. Charles, a magazine, be open for four weeks, a week to set up and a week to tear down in the end. Uh, and that's how the business started and it grew from there. And, and just give us a thumbnail sketch of, of what the Royal Standard consists of today. You're in 4,000 retail stores. Today, today we have five retail locations. We introduce about uh, 3,000 new products every year. Um, we have wholesale division, which has showrooms in Dallas and Atlanta, and those that division um, imports everything into Birmingham, Alabama, which ships to about at any given time up to four thousand different retailers wow. throughout the U.S., um, Hawaii, and and a little bit in the Caribbean. And y'all design all your own stuff. We Just design about. probably eighty to ninety percent of our own stuff. Yeah. Un Again, as you were talking about the Amazon effect, you can't. You know, you can't go head-to-head -head with the big boys and not do something a little bit different. I mean, it just doesn't work. It's really hard to compete on price. So you've got to be a little more creative and a little more, you know, relating to the customer a little bit better. So that's where we have a team of designers that do our designs, and they do a great job at it. So cool. Meredith, you originally came from Athens, not Greece or Georgia, right. but North Louisiana, tiny little town, tiny. to Baton Rouge, and, and you're, you wanted to bring... Two shoppers were, were football t-shirts. Right. And where did this idea come from? So it was a little over almost 10 years ago. Um, I basically was just wanting to create a t-shirt for women that was at the time more non-licensed but super cute that they would want to wear tailgating or just to support their Louisiana or game day pride. And so we started with just a simple t-shirt with the design that actually just said football, it had a little paw print on it. <laughs> and I just went really old school and bought a bunch of shirts and had them all printed. And then I just went door to door to different boutiques and basically just tried to get my product into stores. And so I did that for the first year of just getting ourselves there. And that's actually how I launched myself into the Royal Standard was um, I just kept kind of pestering one of the managers there. <laughs> and until they could find, and they do like, I mean, they work with small businesses, and I mean, it's it's wonderful because I could have a small space there, fold on my t-shirts, and actually get my product out there and start building my customer base. So I started building my customer base, going around to different boutiques, um, having them purchase wholesale for, from me, and directly, like, I would have the shirts in my car, I would tag them, give it to them, they'd pay me, and then, you know, the transaction was done. And, and that's basically how I really got started. And then from there, I started e-commerce with doing the website. Okay. And it, and it really grew from there. And it now you do both, brick and mortar Correct. and, and e-commerce. Well, we have, uh, currently right now, we have a showroom. Um, it's open to the public Monday through Friday. We've been in this space for almost four years. So they can come in, they can shop during our store hours, but it's where I can work, but have it available for people to come in and shop. So we've kind of transition a whole space where it's very shoppable and right. open. And what makes the t-shirts unique? I mean, just that they're cute? I find that they're unique because of how we design. Um, I have a wonderful designer, her name is Sarah, and she and I work really well together as far as trying to cultivate a Louisiana-themed t-shirt. 
Um, most of our designs are Louisiana inspired. There's some from when I lived in Athens where, you know, I like to kind of pick apart a little bit of my country roots and just things that remind me of my past of growing up. And then, um, and then others are passion with football and then of course Louisiana. So anything from just Louisiana state map type t-shirts to Louisiana food, um, I mean, it's a whole gamut of just different things and to show our Louisiana roots and pride through our designs. Mark, I was so interested to learn that you all really are, are manufacturers of, of most of the items that you sell, as you mentioned. Um, how did you know how to get into manufacturing and design and so many different products that you all sell in your stores and to other retailers? Diff- I mean, <laughs> very <laughs> slowly. Law and an MBA degree came in handy, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's difficult. It's a challenge. We started about uh, 15 years ago, I guess, working with some Chinese companies. Um, we have expanded that. We probably work at any given time with 50 to 60 different companies. About three years ago, we opened an office in China. We have a staff there that looks after those and really. So at this point, we are um, manufacturing in in China, Indonesia, and India. Um, it's it's a challenge. Uh, thank goodness right now with some of the tariffs that are on the Chinese products, it's good that we are in some of the other countries because they do not have the same tariffs on products. So it's uh, it's been a challenge. And, and y'all were originally, as we said, antiques, and you had some other 100%. you know vendors in your stores that were selling their things. Yeah. What <clears throat> what products did you start designing first? They were accessories for the home originally. We would buy an antique chest, antique buffet, and and we didn't have the mirror to go with it. We didn't have the lamps to go with it. So we went to market and bought, but we couldn't get the price points that we wanted. So we said, uh, let's go to let's go to Asia um, and and do this. My background, and it's one of the reasons I think that. Uh, a lot of people go into the antique business, and when the antique business turns down, they're out of business. Yeah. I, I say often, we're, we're in, the, in the import business. My, I got an MBA in international trade and finance. My love and passion is really trade, much more so than it is retail. So if depending on what the customer is looking for, if trends change, we're going to follow those trends based on the import side of it rather than we're only in the antique business, and that's what happened. And then how do you get, you want the price point in a certain range, how do you get the quality out of China, for instance? It's been no, an, not spend, to the Chinese. We spend I mean, a lot of time you... on the airplane, <laughs> yeah. um, and now that we have an office there, we, we go, uh, they go on inspections of almost every order that's ready. They go to the factory and inspect. We try to use the same factories over and over again to try to to try to have the quality but I can assure you there's a lot of sleepless nights on why you know we ordered three times from you what's the problem I mean we we still face it constantly um, we are manufacturing there through third parties it's we don't own the factories we don't have the employees so there are differences and we we face that battle every day how many employees do y'all have now all together company-wise any given time roughly 90 to 100 probably okay. So not not a massive company. And and what about you, Meredith? Are you solo, or how many employees? I do you have, have? Um, one full time, which is Sarah, who's our graphic designer, and she also helps on marketing strategies and consulting. And then I have about three part time people that help me as and, well. And and what is your reach at this point? What kind of um, like customer reach? Yeah, I mean, what kind of volume do y'all do, and we how many do, stores? And we sell. I mean, anywhere between forty to 100, depending on the season. So like Mardi Gras season, for example, I mean, we could sell up to 200 retailers 
and they only purchased during Mardi Gras. Um, but then on a given steady basis, we're probably about 40 to 50 retailers that we work with. And mostly because we're only focused on Louisiana. Like okay. that's, we, we have tried to do like the Dallas apparel market. Um, we've done Atlanta apparel market. I just find that what we do is so niche to Louisiana yeah. that I really, t- for now, just really just want to focus on Louisiana because that's the biggest mission that we have around not just for SFT but our sister brands is really geared to working locally and working directly with Louisiana vendors or retailers, local business as much as possible. So you don't plan to scale up and go regional or national at this point? No. (laughs) I really, I mean, for me, like, to grow, I have other things in mind. Kind of like Mark was saying earlier, like, when we were just talking, like, part of retail these days is more of an experience. So for me... Um, in SFT, like our goal is to create more experiences. We're doing our first ever local pop-up um, inside Perkins Row. We're renting a whole, we're leasing out a space inside Perkins Row, and we're turning it into a week-long holiday local event where we're going to have over 20 vendors come in. Um, we're going to have workshops and events. So that's more my direction of where I'm wanting to go, is to focus more on local business and mm-hmm. how SFT and I can work to or SFT how we can work with other local pe- people and you mentioned your sister brands you mean the t-shirt lines that aren't right. just football related <clears throat> well, right? the ones that have to do with crawfish or no we have yeah. our other sister brand is called Lanyette Box so it's a two-year-old brand where we focus on SFT designing a Louisiana t-shirt and then we work with four local vendors and we create a subscription service out of that. So it's a local box that ships out every month that always has a Louisiana t-shirt and four Louisiana makers products inside that box. And it's curated every month, has a fun new theme every month and it ships. I would say 80% of our clientele that get the boxes are actually in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And then you have about 20% of people who are outside who, you know, get their boxes Are as those well. doing well? Oh, yeah. I mean, we just had our second year. And we, you know, I try not to go no more than 200 boxes a month because we are working with small business. Yeah. So with the scale that we have as far as how we purchase, we have to... Um, you know, I mean, they pretty much have about a two-week turnaround to get their goods to us so we can put it in the box. So I know, like, just keeping that in the, the in, in mind that it's just going to take some time for them to make it. So I'm pretty much, like, to scale it, like, it's, it's where it's at because you're just working very yeah. – small, you know, with small business. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Meredith Wagaspeck of Southern Football Tees and Mark Pierce of the Royal Standard. Mark, you all are getting into the apparel business a little bit at the Royal Standard. Tell me a little bit about the move away, for instance, from antiques, which I think is fascinating, and getting into apparel, maybe not so much t-shirts, but I know y'all have done sleepwear, beachwear, and you told me even athleisure wear, I think, is on the agenda. Correct. The apparel has been really strong for us. It's has just it? a good, it's a good, um, it's more of a consumable. A lot of this, today's generation wants something to last, you know, a season they're looking for. It's, it's interesting how different it is. Um, times change. but Well, and I suppose when you're in the antiques market, it doesn't matter if an armoire sells one year or the next. <clears throat> you can hang on to the inventory, right? But 
if His, it's fashion, I mean, you, yeah. you, you're stuck You've got to move it. Historically, we <laughs> used to say when we started, if it didn't sell this year, it'd be worth more next year. <laughs> that couldn't be further from the truth. Today, if it, you know, you better sell the antiques or else, I mean, they're worth probably half what they were 20 years ago on a lot of products. Fashion is very much like that. It's got to, you've got to move it this year, which is, has been a, it's been a challenge for us because, you know, for us, it's all, it, we have not had the timeline as we do on, uh, on, on uh, clothing and, and, but it's been, it's been terrific. It's been a good market for us. So like, as you've tried to decide what to come up with to sell, it, like any big surprises, you never know what's going to really hit. But um, we've been shocked at just sleepwear. And again, we're not talking, you know, uh, lingerie sleepwear, but just <laughs> basic fun sleepwear. The amount we just came back from a show in Houston, the volume that we've been able to sell was was really staggering. Wow. Thinking, how do you break in? Because there's a lot of well-established people within that category. But again, it's it's very much a giftable, and, and I think that trend-wise for us, that's really what we're looking for as far as just being strong in the gift market across the board. And I suppose if like an influencer or a big magazine picks you up and promos your design like Oprah Magazine did with uh, your boot cuffs a couple of years yeah, back, a few years you ago went they crazy. did they did something on you know kind of Oprah's favorite or whatever, and it was going into the the fall season and boots were popular, and they saw the product and it was in the magazine and went absolutely insane. Yeah, we could not keep up. And could that was really up. y'all's design. I mean, like y'all kind of made that up. We saw it coming, um, and we were we were certainly on the front end. Two of the, the two of the designers saw it. We thought they'd lost their minds. We <laughs> went with them, and it was one of the one of the best decisions we made. <laughs> somebody with very <clears throat> muscular legs, boot cuffs are not the look, right? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose they work for somebody. Meredith, have your t-shirts been recognized or, or like picked up by local magazines or, or any? Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. I mean, we've um, we've had the great opportunity of being in two two five. Um, last year where they did a nice little feature on us. Um, I was also spotlighted in the business report this past year. And because of our um, involvement with the Baton Rouge Food Bank in the Cajun Navy t-shirt, we yeah. definitely were able to be recognized in that department. I'm sure that would be a huge boost. Oh yeah, it definitely has been. With the whole Louisiana <clears throat> brand and image, I mean, do you find a difference between say, North Louisiana and New Orleans, I mean, oh, or, totally. or is this just totally Louisiana, it'll work across the board? Or I mean, as far as, as far as our designs go and how we speak to our audience, it is geared a little bit more to the south, south part of Louisiana. Um, being that I'm from North Louisiana, there's a lot of things that I wish I could do because the they are completely different. I mean, North it's Louisiana... Or at least maybe it was just because I grew up in such a small town, like the way I see North Louisiana is completely different. I think it is different. Everything from the food, like I never had crawfish or went to a crawfish boil until I was a senior in high school. Down here, I mean, you eat crawfish from the time that you can eat. Sure. And it just wasn't part of our culture. And we ate more like purple whole peas and like (laughs) fried pork chops and stuff like that. And so the food's different, and then, of course, the way we sound and speak is completely different. It's way more um, of a southern country twang versus down here. It's way more Cajun. So it's fun to see, like, you're only a four-hour drive to North Louisiana, um, but how different we are as a state. But in the end, I mean, everybody just really just loves Louisiana and, and wants to support it. Mark, the Royal Standard isn't a Louisiana-specific company, but 
your approach to decor and fashion and accessories seems very southern. I mean, and I think you all have told me, I mean, your, your ideal target market is sort of the southern woman. Is that right? Correct. I mean, from, from, from Texas going east, we yeah. had a showroom in Las Vegas, just did not resonate with the, the West Coast. It and just so didn't, huh? Dallas and Atlanta showrooms do a great job, so very much more, uh, much more southern. Um, and that's certainly the target and the core of our base. And those 4,000 retailers, are they mostly regional? Or They're certainly they? mostly regional. We do uh, several hotels in, in Hawaii. We, you know, anything from um, like the Getty Museum out in California, we do get some of the larger, you know, hotels, um, hospitals, gift stores throughout the U.S., but certainly the majority would be from Texas to, say, Virginia. Now, what about this whole shopping experience that you all are incorporating into your brick-and-mortar stores as more and more business is done online, as we've talked about? I mean, you opened a cafe a couple of years ago. It's done great, and now you're bringing that model to other Royal Standard correct. locations. 100% correct. Trans, you know, if, if it's the sale of an item, it's done online. I mean, transactions today are done online. We were just visiting mm -hmm. about that. Um, it's got to be an experience. It's got to be something to get people away from the computer. I think I, I said this to you before. It used to be that people, you know, ate at home and shopped uh, and went out to go shopping. Today they shop at home and they go out to eat. It's <laughs> yeah. completely turned around. Yeah. So we did add the cafe. We do plan to add more um, just to round out the shopping experience. We have um, uh, it's in one store at this point, and we do hope to put it in three or four of the other stores. Doing things like cooking classes and yeah. even wedding receptions that you we, have at the Royal Standard. When, we do. We do. And and the people register, I suppose, and they can get gifts Correct. with y'all and yeah. then have the whole shebang. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, being part of as, as a vendor for what they do, I mean, it not only helps us as a vendor because they're driving more traffic into their store, creating that experience, um, giving us more opportunity to get our products out there. But I mean, it's, it, he's absolutely right. More people are looking for that experience, creating that community involvement, feeling like they're a part of something. Um, and by doing that, it could lead to sales or you know, at least bringing somebody into something that they may not have gone to do or you know, mm -hmm. it's just something that intrigued them to come. What percentage of your business is online, Meredith, versus the stores that you that you are? <clears throat> I would definitely say uh, a good, probably seventy percent of our business is driven online. We offer our clients to where if they are local, they can do store pickup, so it helps them come and find mm -hmm. where we are. I mean, everybody that comes is like, "Oh, I didn't even know this was even there." Yeah. <laughs> so we're really like a little hidden gem, kind of tucked away off of uh, Sherwood, and. You know, so the, the more drive for us is definitely online. And we've considered um, doing a storefront, um, especially through the whole involvement of where we're kind of headed with our local pop-up. And, and I don't know, honestly, today where the future holds for that. Um, but definitely, I, I would love to just be able to um, offer that if that was something that we decided to do in the, in the near future. Mm -hmm. That was one of my questions, is what, what do you see coming down the pike in the next couple of years for SFT? Um, mostly I'm wanting to develop and grow more of our subscription box service. But again, it does kind of 
max out at a certain number. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that I have to. Would it? I mean, you're saying it's a limited market, or you just have limited capacity. I'm just saying it's probably just because we do work with smaller vendors, right? Just for their time and just the structure of it and how it's curated. I can't necessarily see that we would get to 500 or larger than 200, maybe 300, but it all depends on how that progression grows. But not to say that we don't offer more gift items. Mm-hmm. Um, for the holiday season this year, we are doing um, some kitchen favorites. So we're gonna have um, a little notepad that's geared around you know, cooking. It's got everything you need for gumbo or jambalaya, like it's all there. We're doing um, kitchen towels this year with some of our popular designs, and then we're doing um, some kitchen aprons with one of our most popular designs, which says Gumbo Queen. So we're kind of testing the market there, um, trying some gift items with our designs on there, and then hoping going into next year that we do offer more gift with our products or our designs, you know, in, in, in or on, depending on the product. And, and Mark, what about at the Royal Standard? I mean, you all have been so innovative and always coming up with something new. What's, what's on your agenda for the next couple of years? We hope to continue getting great new merchants. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's not in the stores. We like making it seem like it's one, but, but it's really a team. We've got, at any given time, 10 to 15 different merchants, such as, as Meredith as in there. continue to increase the merchandise that you manufacture, you still have other merchants in it's, your brick and mortars. We do. It's nice to have that local touch. I mean, uh, with Meredith on the T-shirts, there's someone who makes, you know, handmade soaps out of their house. It's just um, somebody who does antique silver uh, jewelry and gold jewelry. It's nice to have those things that we don't do and complement us, that local touch and that local flair. We've got artists, we've got other people in that we just, it's just areas that we don't really specialize in, and it's great to, it's great to round out the mix of the store. Do you still have any antiques? We do some. We don't do, we don't do nearly as many, but we do some. Not much, no. Uh, we, do, we do an antique show out in Round Top, Texas that we love. We still love antiques. That, that has not left, but uh, just the, the demand for them has, has waned So maybe somewhat. this is the time to buy and so that when they come back that's in right. 10 or 15 that's right. years, You'll have when the trend that's changes right. again, right? <laughs> but, well. I, but I think so we want to increase that, but we hope to open some more stores. We are looking to continue to grow primarily the, uh, the gift and fashion area of our business and add more new products and just keep introducing new, new products and new areas. Well, Mark Pierce and Meredith Wagaspeck, I'm always so impressed with how much creative talent and entrepreneurial energy that we have here in Baton Rouge. And I think a lot of people don't realize what we have here. Y'all are a testament to the depth and creative energy. So it's been a pleasure to have you both here on Out to Lunch. Good Thank luck you. with your continued success. Thank you so much. Very much. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Mark Pierce of the Royal Standard and Meredith Wagaspack of Southern Football Tees. You can find out more about the Royal Standard and Southern Football Tees by going to our website, itsbatonrouge.la. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on our It's Baton Rouge Facebook page and on itsbatonrouge.la. These photos were taken by Carrie Hosford, and you can find more of Carrie's photos at carriehosford.com. You can hear this show and past episodes of Out to Lunch wherever you get podcasts and at itsbatonrouge.la. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. 
I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by the Alliance Safety Council, delivering instructor-led on-site computer lab and online training through more than 100 authorized training providers in 31 states and two countries. Headquartered in Baton Rouge, Alliance is focused on the future of learning technology and training process innovation for business and industry, for safety, and other corporate training needs. More information is at alliancesafetycouncil.org and by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas, and Orange Theory Fitness, delivering fitness results for a healthier world. 